Oh, I was just trying to set up a Skype account and it did something weird and I'm just like, well, fuck Skype too. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. That's weird. But I will try. I will set up an account before the next time we talk. Okay. Me too. Look, I tried to set up, I had an account set up and then I tried to get into it just now and I didn't remember the password. I thought I'd written it down, but I didn't. Ah. And so I had it, re- I had it reset the password. So I reset the password and then... When I tried to log in, it says, "Oh, there's some issues. You have to you have to go to a browser and 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 uh, go to live.msn.com or something." So Ooh. I did that, and then it's like, "Oh, we need to send your phone to me- a message in order for you bec- to use this." And I'm like, "Fuck you! You're not sending my phone a message. <laughs> I want your know my fucking phone number, you creeps." Yeah, that's weird. It's like you got to go through all these, jump through all these fucking hoops in order to yeah. use their service, and then they're gonna play ads to you while you use their service. Yeah, so it's like it's ridiculous, look, man. It's like, look, you're already data mining my life. Why do you, why do you want to yeah. show me ads after? I mean, I'm already the product. Why are you showing me other products? Right. You're selling exactly. my information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like I just joined Hulu because my nephew got me hooked on it. And um, it's like seven ninety nine a month, and we're gonna show you commercials. If you don't want to see commercials, you gotta pay four dollars more a month. I'm like, fuck you! I'll watch the commercials then. <laughs> That's bullshit, man. Really That's ridiculous. It's like even when you pay, you gotta watch commercials. Yeah, it's ridiculous, so man. Pay, pay some more, and then you don't have to see commercials. That's exactly shit. Yeah. All right. Whatever. What okay. are you gonna do? I don't know. Just kill yourself. That's my answer. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just, just gonna... gonna off myself, man. <laughs> I was just thinking of locking myself into a room and throwing my turds against the wall. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking I can't really kill myself. I just don't have the the guts to do it. But okay. I, I could possibly cut off my dick. And then once I cut off my dick, I really won't want to live anymore anyway. So <laughs> then I'll just kill myself then. I have to do it in chunks. <laughs> figuratively, figuratively and literally. And literally, that's right, yes. Yes. Hmm. That's what are you going to do? Uh, that's some crazy shit. All right. Yeah, it is. Whatever. Well, uh, so how are you we been? just going to do the pin? What? I'm sorry? So how you been? Uh, oh, uh, fair. Okay. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, uh, I think because I had four days off and then I had to go back to work. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't uh, hear anything from you once you got back from your trip. So I figured, oh, you know, you probably had a long weekend and needed some time to kind of just chill out for a little while. So I'll give him some breathing room. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you know, I got. I, I had. We had. I had a good trip. Me and my nephew went to Dallas Fort Worth and had a good time. Right. And I got a bunch of stuff I'd like to talk about. I don't know if you want to do it on this episode or if we're just going to do Twin Peaks on this one. Um, I thought we were just going to do Twin Peaks, but I know you did do the trip, so. I, I can fully understand why you'd want to talk about the Dallas trip while it's fresh in your mind. So yeah, I'm, um, I made notes. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, we would end up with a, a very long... How about we do your Dallas trip, like, early next week? Okay, but we're going to have another Twin Peaks to do before too long, too. 
Well, that's true. But if we do, if we do your a regular episode, say like on you know Monday or so, yeah, Monday, then we have some time to work with in order to get the Twin Peaks done between uh, after editing. Uh, the regular episode, and then you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I right. just you know it's a lot of work for you. I don't want to. I don't want to put you out. It's hard. It's hard to do these Twin Peaks and and then do the the regular a regular show. There's just so much you're telling going me. on. I know it is. It is. But yeah, let's try that. Let's do a Twin Peaks, and then there's another Twin Peaks. By the time you get this up, it'll be ready to do another Twin Peaks anyway. Right. And then we can kind of shove a. Uh, another episode in there. I'm sure you have things that you've done that you want to talk about too. Well, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some stuff, and uh, there'll be there'll be even more stuff after this weekend. Since I'm yeah, going to, you- yeah, I'm going to go to the see Shakespeare at Winedale this weekend. Very possibly two plays in one day. One in wow. the one in the afternoon, and then one in the evening. That's uh, a lot of plays. It is, especially since the second one's going to be King Lear, which is. A pretty long play, and it's also a tragedy, but it's still one of the best tragedies. It's got. I such, don't really, yeah, mm. I don't really know anything about King Lear at all. Yeah, he's a crazy, crazy king, and he has a court jester who's really the smart one, but the king is is the is the fool. It's, oh boy, yeah. that's appropriate for this time. <laughs> exactly. I'm curious to see how they do the uh, costuming if they right. uh, happen to give the king uh, so a big orange. Um, or a big blonde uh, cotton candy hair or something. <laughs> and uh, fake jowls. Yes. Perhaps the actor won't need fake jowls. Well, yeah. Well, if it's a, yeah, you never know. I guess we'll have to, I'll have to wait and see. You'll have to, yeah, let us know. Yes, I definitely will. That's so. just like, you know, we, you know, uh, me and nephew went to, to, to Dallas Fort Worth and, and had a really good time and saw a lot. Mm-hmm. And then of course, anytime I see him, I, he gets me hooked on some TV show. So it's like <laughs> I, yeah. I got other, other TV shows I want to talk about now that are on Hulu and shit. And right. It's a lot of, you know, so we should, yeah, we should just get into twin peaks episode 12. Yeah, we should. Oh, but b- before we start, uh, <laughs> Speaking of getting hooked onto TV shows, Sierra got me hooked into watching The Fosters, which I know is a, a favorite of yours. Oh, good. Are you watching it from the, the, just the current season? No, we started from the beginning. I see. I th- I think now I got to look at. I, I got Hulu uh-huh. uh, because my nephew got me hooked on Handmaid's Tale. And, oh um, yeah, I've heard good things are, about that. Yeah, where are you watching Fosters? I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. See, I, now I can't get Netflix. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, okay. I'm already broke. And uh, right, you got a car so, payment, man. Yeah. Yeah, and so I saw, like, with my nephew and his boyfriend uh, a mm-hmm. few months ago, we started watching the Fosters. So I've seen like the first five or six episodes and then i've seen it from about season i think i started watching it in season three yeah every week so okay yeah okay i mean just watching the episodes that that. i've (laughs) seen just watching the episodes that i've seen it's like yes Mm -hmm. it deals with a lot of very modern issues but i think the, the the way they structure the um episodes it's very formulaic in a way it is it yeah. definitely is it's not edgy in format 
right. or style, really. It's pretty much uh, like a, a nighttime, so you know, like a typical nighttime soap opera. Like, yeah, I don't know if you remember the show Brothers and Sisters, and mm-hmm. you know, just shows like that. Um, but what they talk about and what they do can get edgy at times, which is really cool. Exactly. It's it's yeah. It's the content. Uh, and then the the girl edgy. who plays um, the main, really the main character of the young people, Callie. Callie. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that actress's name is, but boy, you know, I had seen some stuff with her because I was watching the show, and then we went back and watched the ep- the first episodes, mm-hmm. and she's amazing. It's yes. like you just immediately care about her. And feel not really feel sorry for, her, but I mean, you have deep empathy for her. Right. So the, that girl is a really good actress, and even in the current episodes, although she's gotten a little older, mm-hmm. she's just and, and, and you know she's gone through some soap opera type plot lines. She's of still course. just interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whoever the actress is, she's definitely very compelling. In the role, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch some more episodes. I, yeah, I'll, I would, I, I would love. You know, I tried to find it on Amazon, and you can watch the early seasons. It's not on DVD for some reason. You can't watch the early seasons on DVD. Amazon has it on streaming, but it's like mm-hmm. it, it's not part of Amazon Prime. It's not free with Amazon Prime. It's like fifteen, sixteen dollars a season or something. And I'm just like, crap. I, I don't really want to pay that, but I, I really do like this show. Right. I guess eventually I'll get Netflix or something, I guess. Right. Um, Okay. Well, cool. Um, So I guess maybe, yeah, we ought to start moving toward jumping into episode 51 of A Slippery Slope, where we'll be discussing part 12 of Twin Peaks. Um, Episode 51, that's just crazy. It is crazy, man. We're we're moving toward, uh, you know... A hundred. <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> yeah. We'll Slowly get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But uh, before we get into that, <laughs> I remember last week you were talking about Jennifer Lynch and uh, some mm-hmm. of her movies and mentioned Boxing Helena, which, you know, Sherilyn Finn was in. Uh, right. Not to not to give any spoilers to our <laughs> to the episode we were about to talk about, but uh, there was a – I was listening to an interview that Sherilyn Finn – was doing and there was some interesting information it turned out that her mother is uh arlene quattro who's uh who's the sister of Susie quattro who both of them wow yeah they were in a band together called the pleasure seekers as you probably may already know i didn't know that and uh and you know Susie quattro oh Uh, i love Susie quattro well i should you know she was she was pinky tuscadero on happy days well, when Susie Quattro was actually Leather Tuscadero. Was she Leather? That's right. Pinky Tuscadero was her older sister. Exactly. That, that's yeah. right. Oh, I loved her on that. And then she had a hit song in the 80s called Lipstick that I still love. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. So that, <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool that there's a, yeah, there's a Happy Days connection to Sherilyn uh, Fenn right there. And Twin Peaks. Wow. And Twin That's Peaks. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Happy Days and Twin Peaks. Very similar shows, if you think about it. No. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not so much all. in common. <laughs> Gary Marshall and David Lynch, they're like brothers. Yes. Yes. They are. <laughs> They're like twins separated at birth, of course. Yes, indeed. Yeah, sure. Hey, let me ask you real quick, too, before we get in this. Did you reset your router? I did. Okay. I did, as a matter of fact, right before 
when we first started having network errors and I told you I was going to re- reboot my computer, at the same yeah. time, I reset my router because I was like, ah. man, we don't need any bullshit. <laughs> we already had enough bullshit with Uvu giving us trouble. Right. I've just yeah. already gotten a, two or three rubber bandy sounds, but that's okay. I think I, you probably have two. Yeah, you haven't been rubber banding any, so that's good. Oh, huh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, um, in addition to that, I've gotten to page 100 of The Secret History of Twin Peaks. Ah. Yeah. I, the plot I'm, is thickening. I don't think I'm... Th- yeah, I'm at about the point where they're still talking about the UFOs and the guy who had found some UFO pieces and then he gave them to some other guys who were in the military and their plane crash. Right, right. Okay. Well, yeah, you're you're pretty far along then because that's yeah. that's already past um yeah, that's already past talking about uh Andrew Packard as a boy scout and his scoutmaster was Dwayne Milford. And Dwayne Milford, Dwayne Milford was the mayor of Twin Peaks, you know, as you remember from season two of Twin Peaks. Vaguely. And, I knew uh, the name sounded familiar, but I couldn't remember exactly yeah, who, and, who, what character that was, who that was. Right. And his brother, Douglas Milford, uh, he, those two uh, brothers were always feuding on uh, season two of Twin Peaks. Maybe. Who played them? Anyone Anyone that I would recognize the name? No, but they were just old as fuck men, you know. The, the, oh, just old guys. Yeah, Dwayne Milford, the mayor, he was, you know, he was like... <laughs> he was Mr. Magoo-esque, eh? He was very much Mr. Magoo-esque. So anyway, it was kind of <laughs> cool to see them. Uh, Dwayne, the, you know, the Mr. Magoo guy was the... Scoutmaster and his uh, brother Douglas. I think he like started a sexual relationship with this girl named Lana. If you remember from season two, I, or, I don't. Yeah, it's it's probably yeah. I mean, it was like a storyline that really didn't mean anything except just for comedy relief. So right, yeah, I, I can see how you'd kind of forget about that but uh, the only thing lynch loves more than fat ladies is old men oh no shit old decrepit men (laughs) yes (laughs) that's true but anyway i guess in the book they're talking about douglas milford was in the the army and and then somehow some way he managed to actually see the roswell crash site and right and then got there or something right and so through certain unusual events, he ended up becoming part of uh, the earlier version of Project Blue Book, which I, I think was like Project Sign or something like that. And he would go out and interview people who were uh, who had UFO encounters after that. Did you get that far? That's about as far. I mean, I'm just right about there in the in okay. story. All right. So if you've gotten that far, then you already... You've already gotten past the uh, the uh, Jeremiah Liver Eaton Johnson and Denver Bob of having that map, and then they found Owl Cave that has all the the writing inside right. of it and shit. Okay, all right, so. right. Yeah, yeah. I've been re- reading bits and pieces here and there, and then I haven't read a lot. I read a few pages the other day. Okay, and uh, not to not to TMI the audience, but you know I read in the bathroom, so I generally read two to four pages at a time. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I d- I do that too. Just for some reason, last night I had the time, and I just I I ended up you know getting to read maybe twenty five pages or so. Ah, I mean, cool. It's, it's a quick read. 
and yeah, I mean, you can yeah. kind of gloss over some things if you want to. Mm, I, I, that's I, true. I don't like to gloss over a lot, but right. Uh, there's like a there's been a couple things that I've just kind of glossed over. There, there's right. a a magazine article that article that the guy uh, that someone suppo- supposedly wrote who was with some government guys, and again, they were talking to these guys who found pieces of a UFO crash supposedly some metallic things and right and i kind of i you know and then of course i love how it's laid out because it's 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 like it's supposedly like information that was in a a, a fbi file so there's all kinds of different things like Mm -hmm. newspaper cutouts and pictures and different things and then in the margin there are notes written supposedly by tp who we think is tammy preston of the fbi Right. Um, Which, and so it's very easy to read. Uh-huh. And yeah, well good point. And since since uh, the events of uh part 12 of Twin Peaks the Return, we see how TP being Tammy Preston makes even more sense. Right. We that, we find that out pretty much right at the very beginning. Yes, we do. Anyway, so I guess maybe shall we jump straight on into part 12 of Twin Peaks the Return? Let's rock. <laughs> yes. Uh, very appropriate. <laughs> okay. Shall we kick this off with scene one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just set the scene for us. In a red curtained private room at the Mayfair Hotel in Buckhorn, South Dakota, Gordon, Albert, and Tammy are engaged in a casual meeting over a bottle of wine. Or so it seems. <laughs> so uh, Albert says, thank God Gordon stocks the plane with his own wine cellar. <laughs> and then you see Gordon is standing in the room and he appears to be holding like a little red handheld device. And he's kind of waving it, waving it around the room. What the hell do you think he's doing there? I don't even remember seeing that part. Okay, it's just right at the beginning, right when right when Albert's saying, thank God Gordon stocks the plane with his own wine cellar. Gordon's still standing, and he says, no, you'll be the one to tell her. And then... Oh, what? I guess I thought he was just fiddling with his hearing aid. Maybe I didn't... I, I no. probably wasn't paying close enough attention. Yeah, it was like a little red box with two little buttons on the front side, and it looked like he was... I don't know if he was scanning in the room for for listening devices or bugs or something, you know, because it was going to be a, you know, a pretty top secret meeting that they're having because they're talking about some seriously, you know, covert uh, uh, information, right? I'll be honest. I watched this episode on Monday. Okay. And um, there's so much that goes on in it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And And I just, I I don't know if I paid close enough attention to everything. Okay, no, that's fine. I, believe me, I got I, I've got enough close attention for the both of us okay. <laughs> on this particular episode, at least. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so they um, so they toast to the bureau, to the bureau. Okay. And Albert starts a crazy long soliloquy, and I don't want to necessarily regurgitate everything Albert said because, my God, he talked for ten minutes. But uh, oh, I don't know if it's that long. But well, okay. yeah. Anyway. So he, uh, so, uh, so anyway, he, he, he's kind of, um, cluing Tammy into what's going on and what Gordon and Albert are into. And so he, he gives her the lowdown about, uh, Project Blue Book in the 1970s being a, a 20 year investigation into UFOs and 
Blue Book concluded with no credible evidence existing, and therefore the uh, UFOs pose no threat to national security. So Albert says, in other words, a massive cover-up. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and they drink. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, I may as well just read some of this verbatim. So then Albert says, A few years later, the military and FBI formed a top-secret task force to explore the troubling abstractions raised by cases Blue Book failed to resolve. We called it the Blue Rose after a phrase uttered by a woman in one of these cases just before she died, which suggests... That was the, uh, uh-huh. that was the big bombshell right there you know pretty yeah. much told us something we assumed but didn't know for sure until right that moment that blue rose is about ufos yeah you're right i think we had speculated that that might be the case but now it's you know 100 percent proof positive correct yeah yeah so and then i think albert then says gordon suggested that an agent by the name of philip jeffries head this task force okay right and he said he soon recruited three others Myself, meaning Albert, Chet Desmond, who we know from uh, Fire Walk With Me. Yep, Chris Isaacs. Yeah, character. Chris Isaacs, who disappeared when he was uh, reaching for a ring underneath that trailer. Yes. And then the, <laughs> and then the third person uh, recruited by Philip Jeffries was Dale Cooper, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Albert says, perhaps you haven't failed to notice that I'm the only one in that group who hasn't dis- disappeared without explanation which has led to a certain reluctance on Gordon's part to bring new blood into the fold until tonight. (laughs) And he says, Agent Preston, you've been on our radar since you made the honors list at George Washington High, not to mention the dean's list at MIT and top of your class at Quantico. Of course, Tammy looks like she's about to jump out of her skin. And she's like, you're asking me to join the Blue Rose Task Force? And Albert says, yep. <laughs> and of course, Tammy says, I'm in. <laughs> and then Gordon says, to Tammy and the Blue Rose. And so, yeah, I've got written here, Tam- <laughs> Tammy seems excited and overwhelmed by the thought of it. And uh, so, yeah, she's wiggling in her seat. You you took you took way more notes than I did on that I scene. Know. Yes. Yeah, I got a little... OCD on there. <laughs> but then the the whole scene changes, unless you got something else to add. Okay. No, the next scene was the scene that really was like, uh, uh, made me gasp a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, Gordon says, Diane's on her way. And so... Diane enters through the red curtains, has a seat, See? and is offered a drink. <laughs> See, I... Um... Uh-huh. I hadn't noticed the red curtains in the background when Albert and and mm-hmm. Tammy and Cole uh, Gordon Cole were talking. So when the when the camera you know when it edits and and there's the red curtains and Diane walks through them, I went oh! <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's just like the red curtains in the red curtain room, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And I uh, and I didn't um, and I like I said I hadn't noticed them in the other scene, and so. It, it was just like, wow, you know, here she mm-hmm. comes through the red curtains, just like we've seen right. Cooper come through red curtains and everything. And I right. thought that was really amazing. I guess you're right about the impact of it, because, yeah. yes, in the previous scene, there's kind of, you know, the red curtains, but there's also other furniture and other decorations that are kind of covering it up uh, earlier in the scene. Right. But, but you're right. Right. I'm- 
when Diane arrives, it's all you see is red curtains and she comes through. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I was so I think I was so focused on the fact that, you know, all the conversation about the UFOs and and Mm -hmm. finding out the blue rose is definitely about UFOs and that kind of stuff that I just didn't notice Mm -hmm. the surroundings. And then, yeah, that that jump cut or whatever you want to call it, that. 180 cut to Diane walking through the red curtains. I was just like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. It was, yeah, it was definitely not lost on us. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. So anyway, Diane sits down. Albert hands her a bottle of vodka, and she says, you got any ice? And uh, Albert says, the Dakotas are still in the ice age. And, you know, there's ice bucket in front of her. She makes a drink, um, and he tells her, Diane, we know your work with Agent Cooper has given you more than a passing insight into the Blue Rose. Even though you're no longer part of the Bureau, we'd like to deputize you. And, of course, Diane's like, what's in it for me? (laughs) Albert's like, some cash, not much. Maybe the satisfaction of learning what happened to your friend Cooper. And what does Diane say? Let's rock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with two fingers out, yeah. let's rock. Yeah, what's up yeah. with that? that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Gordon taps the table. I right. thought that was interesting, too, because, you mm-hmm. know, Diane, obviously, there's something going on between her and Doppelganger Cooper, and we don't know, and they don't... I, don't think they really know either so for them to ask her to join was a little bit surprising but interesting for sure yeah it's one of those situations like keep your friends close but your enemies closer and at this point they're very suspicious of diane so it's probably better to have her around than you know than not right because she might be i guess doing stuff behind their backs so right I guess it's interesting to think, I mean, you know, we all thought of her as Cooper's secretary in a way. Yeah. So to think that she eventually knew enough about Blue Rose to know that it was about UFOs Mm -hmm. was a little surprising, too. True. You wouldn't expect someone in her position to have that much knowledge. But then again, at the same time, sometimes secretaries are really running the damn company, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, considering all of the uh, tapes that Cooper sent to her while he was in Twin Peaks. I mean, a lot of that information was very sensitive, so I I can't imagine, yeah, that she wouldn't be privy to pretty much everything. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Interesting, though. Yep. All right. So, scene two? The next scene? Yeah, the next scene. Jerry Horn runs through a grassy field. He falls, gets up, and continues running. What the fuck's going on with Jerry Horn? I, does anyone care? Does any? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. I I don't care. It's it's a palate cleanser. Maybe so. You know. I you know. Maybe who knows? Maybe somehow it'll 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 converge. You know who I you know we're, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe when they get to the Twin Peaks and uh, and go in the woods. Yeah, it'll it'll converge somehow. Maybe he had a uh, Meriwether Lewis experience. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. All right. So next scene. Oh, what a scene! Oh yeah, this is crazy sure. shit. So Sarah Horn is at the Twin Peaks grocery slash liquor store <laughs> buying a lot of vodka. Looks like Some she- Bloody Mary mix is in the basket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she gets to the checkout counter and she la- asks for a, a carton of... Uh, what cigarettes did she ask for a carton of? Salem's. Salem? Okay. <laughs> I thought was great, yeah. A carton <laughs> of Salem's. You know, who the fuck smokes Salem's anyway? 
Okay. I mean, is it 1970? What the fuck? Sarah Palmer. Oh, it was yeah. just the perfect brand for her to ask for. It's like <laughs> like what a what a, a midwest they're not midwestern but what like a housewife in a small town would smoke right oh yeah so um as she gets to the checkout and she's uh, being rung up she asks the cashier about the new beef jerky behind the counter there <laughs> she's like i don't remember seeing those beef jerky there before and then turkey jerky yeah and then then after a, a couple of seconds you kind of realize she's not really talking about jerky because then she says stuff like were you here when they first came your room (laughs) seems different and then she really gets creepy and men are coming i'm trying to tell you that you have to watch out things can happen something happened to me i don't feel good i don't feel good and then she starts talking to herself sarah stop doing this Okay, leave this place. Find the car key. Find the car key. Get the goddamn car key. <laughs> what the fuck? And and that's pretty much what the cashier says after she leaves. She goes, "What?" <laughs> and then the cute boy's like going to deliver her groceries, and I'm like, "Where is this grocery store?" Thank you. Exactly. She's like, yeah, that's right. The the stock boys like, I know where she lives. I can deliver. I can deliver them. I guess. <laughs> He's like, what have I? What am I saying? I don't want right. to go after that crazy lady. What the fuck? <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. Exactly. That's too funny. <laughs> funny shit. Uh, so on the next scene at the Fat Trout Trailer Park, you got the old lame. Handyman Chris Skull is on his way to donate blood. Not donate, sell. That's right. He's going to sell some damn blood. And uh, Carl walks out, catches up to him, which isn't really hard to do because Chris Skull is limping along pretty badly. And I guess Carl asks him, he's like, hey, did you fix somebody's propane tank the other day for free? And he goes, yeah. Did you mow a couple of lawns? The other day for free, and then he says, so uh, I think Carl gives him 50 bucks and tells him when next month's rent comes up that he doesn't need to pay it. And he goes, Carl goes off on a tirade about, I don't like people selling blood for money. I mean. Yeah, selling blood to eat. Yeah, yeah, I don't like people, yeah, selling blood to eat. That's right. And uh, yeah, that's exactly the quote. So <laughs> that's so yeah, that's pretty sweet of Carl. I gave him fifty bucks and a, a, a month's free rent. So right, we're finding but out. Carl's a real sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Carl's a real what? He's a real sweetheart. Oh, okay, is that what that scene meant? Because it just was like, okay, it's another <laughs> scene that means nothing that goes nowhere. I was yeah. like, oh, you know, which there were a lot of them in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the next scene. Like the next scene? Oh, <laughs> yes. In the Rio Rosa housing development in Las Vegas, Nevada, Dougie and Sonny Jim attempt to play catch with expected results. <laughs> <laughs> it took you longer to say it than it, that scene lasted. Boy, no shit. <laughs> Basically, I should have just said, Sonny Jim bounces the ball off of Dougie. Yeah, off his chest or yes. something, yeah. <laughs> Was that, I think that's the only scene that uh, Kyle McLaughlin is in in the whole episode. 
You're, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> because Lynch had other ways to infuriate us on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did he ever! He didn't need no Dougie to make us want to punch someone in the face. He, he, right. He, had me pulling out my hair at the end of this episode ah yes <laughs> yeah wow because he had jerry horn and he had dr jacoby and well we'll get to that audrey horn oh my god the audrey horn scene mm-hmm. ah we just gave it away so what <laughs> <laughs> they right. know already mark they know. yeah so i guess bouncing the ball off of uh dougie's chest was a just another palate cleanser to Put put a little distance in between the 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 Grace Zabriskie scene and yeah, uh, this so. scene where Hawk pays a visit to Sarah Palmer at her house to see if she's okay under the pretense of some old cases popped up and I thought about you, but you know she right. she sees through him and and uh, she said that's really kind of you, but I suppose you're really here because of what happened at the grocery store, right? And uh, so. They it talk. was neat because, mm-hmm. uh, of course, we got the uh, ceiling fan thing again, so, which is just always yes. the previous thing. So yeah. to, to to revisit the Sarah Palmer and the and the uh, ceiling fan was cool. But then you know, Definitely. Grace Brisky mm-hmm. is like in the original series, she drove me crazy because all she did was most of the time was scream and cry, right and. It was just so, uh, just so irritating. You just wanted to slap her. Yeah. Um, but she's really great in this episode. I mean, right. That that conversation with Hawk, she goes from crazy to to not crazy in mm-hmm. two seconds. You know, you just like you don't know whether to worry about her or not worry about her. Is she just crazy or is something, you know, what the hell's going on with her? Mm-hmm. She plays about eight different characters in one in a scene that lasts maybe a minute and a half. Yeah, that's true because uh, by the end of the scene, she's cool as a cucumber. Um, right. Yeah. Of course, yeah. So as they're at the door, there's, they, there's like some bottles clattering or something happening. You know, in the background, and Hawk's like, somebody in there? And she's like, uh, no, just, she's like, no, just something in the kitchen. Which, yeah, right, yeah. that may very well be. She might have had, you know, 50 um, vodka bottles, empty vodka bottles stacked up, and they just decided to fall at that very moment, you know. Right, knows? clattering around or something, yeah. The cat walking around, who knows? Or, but yeah, that was yeah, interesting. That was weird. Or could have been... You know, since the ceiling fan was on, maybe Bob was in the house having a drink with her. <laughs> right? You never know. <laughs> You'd never know. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, but then, yeah. But then, oh, I forgot about the part where she's like, it's a goddamn bad story, isn't it, Hawk? I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. She's yeah. like eight different people in one scene. It's crazy right it's almost like yeah for a second you know maybe bob was inside of her (laughs) it was weird yeah it was strange uh, but hawk Hawk makes it abundantly clear that he's like sarah if you need any help um i want you to call okay help of any kind so he thinks maybe yeah something's good well obviously something's going on with her but yeah right yeah what it is you know who knows i'm sure for the last 25 years she's been the crazy lady of twin peaks well she can went you a lot? Yeah, can you blame her? Lost, yeah, not at yeah, all. Lost her daughter and her husband over the course of a year, basically, or a couple of years. Right. Yeah, yeah. and um, she's obviously an alcoholic. 
you know. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. So. Alcoholic. Smokes like a chimney. Yeah. <laughs> All of the above. Smoking them Salems. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I tell you what. All right. So when they're out of Salem, she smokes cools, I'm sure. So. <laughs> of course. <laughs> or or Paul Mall. <laughs> Who knows? All, all those old brands. Yeah. So, all right. So anyway, on to the next scene. Uh, yeah, we've talked about these scenes longer than they actually last in the yeah. show. <laughs> no, you're right. I know you're so right. Okay, so the next scene's easy. Miriam Sullivan is alive and in an and in intensive care at the hospital. Well, what was interesting to me was, you know, the, sh- the shot starts at the bottom of the hospital bed and slowly pans up. Uh-huh. And I thought for sure it was going to be Audrey in a coma. <laughs> I just, that's where I thought that was going to go. I was like, okay, here's the Audrey scene. She's still in a coma, but nope, it was Miriam. Yep, yep. You know, I, that, that's a good point on your part. It's like, oh, they're finally going to do a reveal of Audrey. Yeah. But nope, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, Miriam had survived her attack. Of course, we pretty much knew that she'd initially survived it, but now she was actually recovering. Right, uh, yeah. And, we, yeah, we find out even more. She's been talking to the police as well, but we'll find that out later. <laughs> right. Okay, so the next scene, Diane is at the hotel bar. Her phone shows she's received a text that says, Las Vegas? And then she texts back, they haven't asked yet. So... Interesting. Hmm. Right. So is that another message from uh, the doppelganger Bad Cooper? One is, one presumes it is because he's definitely involved in things going on in Las Vegas somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he certainly had some something to do with the fact that, you know, the, the real Dougie ended up in Las Vegas. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely working. He definitely called Duncan Todd at one point and... Yep. who's running who's has is in Vegas for sure and so yeah doppelganger's got his hands in Vegas somehow oh yeah he's he's got tentacles everywhere <laughs> yes indeed Jesus okay so next scene <laughs> all right at the Great Northern Hotel in Twin Peaks Ben Horn is visited by Sheriff Truman um, so Truman is sorry to tell him that his grandson Richard was the one who ran over and killed that boy and attempted to kill the only witness to the crime, Miriam Sullivan. And he tells um, Ben Horn that she needs an operation, and he has come to ask Ben to pay for it. And Ben, being the nice guy that he is, quickly agrees. And um, then he starts... Seems genuinely upset, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, shit, not again. Or, right. oh, it just gets worse and worse, or something like that, yeah. And he tells Sheriff Truman, that boy has never been right. <laughs> he said, that boy ain't right. Right. And the sheriff asks him, you know, have you seen him recently? And, of course, Ben says, we lost contact when I refused to give him more money. And uh, so then the conversation kind of shifts after they talk about Richard. And then Ben mentions the old room key that came in the mail and how he wanted to give it to Harry, <clears throat> give it to Harry, who is, you know, our current Sheriff Frank Truman's brother from season one and season two. He wanted right. to give it to Harry as a memento. And um, so uh, Sheriff Frank Truman says, interesting, we're just opening an old case involving Agent Cooper uh, because the room key was from the room that, you know, Agent Cooper was in, if our right. audience remembers. And uh, <laughs> uh uh, and he says, strange, this key shows up after all these years. And then um, 
Sheriff Truman and um, Ben Horn say yeah back and forth about 10 times to each other uh, in a conversation. <laughs> Sorry. And Beverly enters. Uh, uh, ben t- keeps telling this, tells some long sob story about a bicycle or something. I can't remember. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It goes on and on like everything in this episode. Right. Yeah. Because Ben tells her about Richard and he said, Richard never had a father. So that that was a, a good bit of information for us to right. learn. Right. You know, again. Yeah. And I guess that that's what led him to start Yeah, talking about how his father bought him a secondhand bicycle and painted it green, you know, two-tone green, lime green and forest green and blah, blah, blah. I love that bike. I love <laughs> that bike bike that my father got for me so what <laughs> it's just as boring the second time <laughs> oh. oh but just when you thought it couldn't get any more boring <laughs> and elongated and oh. pointless oh my god what the fuck this was like, in his hotel room gordon is sitting on the couch with a beautiful woman telling a stirring tale of his past exploits in the FBI. The woman has her head resting on his shoulder and her shoeless feet up on the couch, listening in awe. She sort of resembles a young version of Isabella Rossellini to me. That's what I wrote, too. (laughs) Looks slightly like Isabella Rossellini. I guess that was supposed to be part of the joke. I don't know. Maybe so. And so, at that point in time, a knock comes on the door. It is Albert. Albert comes in, and he looks at looks at the girl, and he, he wants Gordon to get rid of her. So Gordon asks his date to meet him in the bar. And, boy, she takes her sweet-ass time leaving. I mean, she, she's like You know, Lynch her, loves uh-huh. elongating things like that for so long. He must have been hard as a rock during that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, her putting on her Louis Vuitton shoes and and sticking her leg up in the air and putting her sweater on and putting lipstick on real sultry to where Gordon is puckering his lips as she's putting on the lipstick. That was Speaking French. Oh, my God, yes, exactly. He goes, Trey Chic. Of course, the whole time, Albert is just fucking mystified by what's going on. He's like, what the, you know. Uh, He looks, well, for one thing, he looks as irritated and as as frustrated as we do. Yeah, Um, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So finally, she leaves with a... With a very stylistic flourish. And uh, so then Gordon tells Albert, She's here visiting a friend of her mother whose daughter has gone missing. The mother owns a turnip farm. I told her to tell the mother that her daughter will turn up eventually. Ha ha ha! Gordon is so fucking funny, I tell you. Oh right. my god. <laughs> Albert is not amused. Uh, so then uh, gordon says she didn't get it either being french it doesn't translate yeah (laughs) did you realize albert that there are more than six thousand languages spoken on earth today of course albert remains silent and finally gordon says what is it albert and then albert tells about the intercepted text messages to and from diane the one that said las vegas and she responded they haven't asked me yet and so gordon says (laughs) he's like what do we know 
that we haven't asked her about. And <laughs> Albert just stares at him again, and Gordon says, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but for now, I'd really like to get back to this fine Bordeaux. <laughs> <laughs> And then Albert's like, what kind is it? <laughs> and then Gordon, 1105. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when we talk about this show, it's hard to believe that we love this show. I know. <laughs> Some of these scenes are just high camp. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Albert, uh. Albert scowls at Gordon and stares at him for... What seems like five minutes. And finally, Gordon goes, Albert, sometimes I really worry about you. <laughs> and then comes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but it was, uh, okay, at the very last, it was a very touching moment. Yeah. But for, for the wrong reasons. I don't know, but it was sweet. <laughs> uh, so finally, we get to a, a meaty scene that actually means something uh, right. for once. Yeah. So I've got in a van on a hill overlooking a ranch-style home in South Dakota, Hutch, played by Tim Roth, and Chantal, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, discuss how they're going to kill the prison warden, Warden Murphy. Uh, well, Hutch, we, yeah. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure who they're going to kill. It's just assumed from the last yeah. conversation with Cooper for for a bit there. All right, that's true. Yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm telegraphing because of foreknowledge or post knowledge already. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, Not that it's yeah. important either. I don't yeah, know why right. I made a thing about it. True. But Hutch says he wants to torture him first, but she wants to kill him quick and go eat at Wendy's. So. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, Warden Murphy pulls into his driveway. He gets out, starts walking toward his house when Hutch, using a silenced rifle, puts one bullet in his back and one in his head. That was kind of brutal. That was a brutal killing, man. It kind of was. Yeah, so immediately. To me, one of the things that was interesting before that happened was there was uh, a thing where um, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee Chantel calls her uh calls hutch babe and i'm like oh that can't be her brother that's got to be her husband mm. okay good point yeah so i thought well that's interesting because we weren't sure and you know i guess her husband doesn't care what she does who she fucks because yeah. she's all over Coop, bad cooper that's for sure at hutch's bequest yeah, <laughs> yeah as exactly. you recall yeah why don't you plan a- i can't remember what he said to her that the other episode but yeah yeah why don't you put a big wet one on the boss man or something like that why don't you give the boss man a big wet one or something yeah that's it okay so anyway right after hutch shoots the warden which is pretty gritty by itself then a little boy comes running out of the house and starts screaming you know daddy 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 daddy. (laughs) i was that was that yeah that was pretty hardcore man and it is really of course then they cut back to Hutch, and Hutch says, Next stop, Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's like, wow. All right. So, yeah, that's like that. the actions that he took mean everything to the little boy, but really mean nothing to Hutch. Just another, yeah, day's, another day's work. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They're as evil as evil Cooper is. Yeah, no shit. Wow. So, all right, on to the next scene. 
and I don't have very much for this because it's it's just rehashing old territory. I've got Dr. Jacoby, aka Dr. Amp, um, is doing his video podcast and shows his shovel advertisement once again. And uh, Nadine is watching, as always. And then he rails about multinational corporations, blah, 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 fuck you in the ass, etc., etc. <laughs> yeah, I had... I, here's if you don't mind i Please. had jacoby it's seven o'clock do you know where your freedom is yes yada yada shovel commercial nadine <laughs> it's working for me dr amp <laughs> he goes off about the government and just when we are about as bored and disinterested as we could possibly get right. there she is audrey horn right yes <laughs> Finally, the return of Audrey, and uh, she's talking to a man behind a desk who, it turns out, she's married to. Audrey Horn is married to Mr. Potato Head. Uh, the littlest man. <laughs> Who's, of course, uh, the character's name is Charlie, and uh, mm-hmm. they're having a discussion. She wants to go look for some guy named Billy at the roadhouse. But he needs to finish his paperwork. She derides him for not wanting to go look for Billy. And uh, they're arguing back and forth. She's got to find Tina, the last person to see Billy. Charlie won't. And, and then later on, they're talking about Charlie won't sign the papers until he runs them by his lawyer. He says there's something fishy about those papers. And then Audrey says, well, maybe... Maybe I should run them by Paul. Maybe I should have Paul come give you a visit. And uh, so there's a lot of conversations. We don't necessarily know exactly what they're talking about. We don't know anything. Right. So he finally agrees. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know anything. Don't know. Hmm? I'm so these characters are characters we don't know. Billy, who's Billy? Right. And and all these other people they talk about, and it goes on for fucking ever. Right. So anyway, he agrees to go help her look for Billy, even though he's so sleepy. <laughs> and has so much work to do and is so little. It's just so much one man, little man can take. <laughs> so so he suggests calling this Tina person. We don't know. And so Audrey said that Chuck told her that Tina was the last person to see Billy. And then he says, really? And then he said, did you know that Chuck stole Billy's truck last week? Billy came out of his house and saw Chuck driving off with his truck and Billy called the sheriff, and they found the truck that same afternoon. They called Billy, and I guess Billy got his truck back and dropped any charges. So, does that sequence of events sound familiar to you? Only the thing, something, you know, I just assume that had something to do with the truck that, um, uh, what's his name, Richard Horn had yeah. Yeah. at some point, but... Who knows? Yeah, we 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 thought he maybe stole it from this guy named Bing. Um, That's right. But maybe maybe Bing is Billy and Chuck is Richard. I mean, I don't know that. Or maybe there's no connection whatsoever. Right? Yeah. You just you know. I mean, I just I really hated this scene. I thought it was just the the you know. Well, it was uh, yeah. Audrey Horn comes back and she's turned into the biggest fucking harpy you ever saw in your life. You just want to strangle her. Right. Just, ah, I hated it. I yes. hated it, hated it, hated it. And I'm sorry. No, she, no, she's <laughs> she's like a shrill fishwife. And I'm like, ugh, what the hell? 
And how the hell did those two get married? Right, yeah. Was he like somebody who, I don't know, maybe because, you know, she was a um, uh, an unwed mother, you know, years ago with this, you know, the supposedly baby Richard and no one else would have her and whatnot. And he was nice to her and did good things for her or, or he helped her convalesce after she came out of her coma and who knows how they ever hooked up I just, yeah he has to work so much i assume she married him for the money but then like yeah. all harpies she's mad if you work she's mad if you don't make money she's yeah. just a bitch and the and just an unpleasant person right but i totally forgot now that we're th- now that i'm thinking about it i mm-hmm. i you know i they start talking about the truck and stuff and i'm like hmm richard oh. horn had a truck and hit a kid and right. obviously wasn't his truck and he it seems like he took it without telling anyone mm-hmm. that sounds very familiar to what's going on here right but then if that's the case i forgot richard is her would be her son so right I just don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I know eventually maybe, well, maybe not. We may or may not find out what it's all about, but watching that scene, I just was just worse than fingernails on the chalkboard. That's that's true. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I guess we're going to find out. But I, uh, I got to say, I thought this was the worst episode so far of this of the new series. Well, I, there was there was a little information in there, you know, and it certainly starts with a with a bang with the Blue Rose revelation. But as it went yeah. on, it just got more and more infuriating and boring. Uh huh. I, 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 you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. And then the whole thing where um, Charlie's on the phone talking to Tina and then. You know, us as viewers are like, we don't know what the fuck he's even talking about because even Audrey didn't know what the hell he's talking about. Right? Yeah, he says nothing that's that's re- uh, relevatory at all. Right. And even even and then you know, I, I can't even remember. Uh, he does he hang up the phone and then uh, what do they say after that? I don't even remember well, how it ended. Yeah, uh, you know, if you want me to do it real quick, I'll I'll give you everything that Charlie said. <laughs> he's talking to T and he said, Chuck told me that you might have been the last person to see billy is that true what yeah i know that you're sure but okay yeah yes tina okay how did you find out what really oh my goodness thank you tina great i'll talk to you soon i'll try tomorrow yeah again sorry to call so late unbelievable what you're telling me i won't i promise yeah me too bye (laughs) so it's like and i'm thinking maybe tina's talking telling bad shit about uh uh, Audrey, because Audrey is standing there, you know, waiting for him to tell her what what Tina told her, and she's like, "You're not going to tell me what she said. You're not going to tell me what she said." And he just stares and that's at where her. It ends, right? Yeah, that's where it ends. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we we get zero information from that, right? And I wrote it all out, but yeah, maybe maybe she just trash talking Audrey or saying that she, you know, she'd seen Audrey fucking Billy or something. Of course. Audrey had admitted right to Charlie's face that she had been fucking Billy, so... Yeah, he's definitely a cuckold, so... Yeah, no, you know, no shit. And she's a harpy. Mm-hmm. What a what a match made in heaven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sure would be uh, interesting to find out how they even got together, but whatever. Yeah, if, if we do, yeah. Yeah, so now that we've wasted 15 minutes talking about that do-nothing scene... <laughs> We cut to well, you know, right? Anyone who watched that scene and can put up with it won't mind. Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, 
Anyway, next scene. Diane is at the hotel bar again after last call. The bartender brings her a drink anyway. She is on her phone. She enters coordinates plus two into Google Maps. Uh, I'm assuming it's Google Maps. And then she hits the zoom button and the zoom button, the zoom button. And what do we see? Twin Peaks. The town of Twin Peaks is at the coordinates. I don't understand how typing in coordinates plus two. uh, Yeah. I, I think shit. it was supposed to be not a mnemonic device, but some device she was using to remember the numbers. Just remembering, like, okay. maybe coordinates, that's that's four syllables plus two. Maybe that was, you know, five sets of two numbers or something. Uh, that's what I got. I could be wrong. No, okay, that yeah, that, that makes more sense. Certainly she didn't type in the word coordinates plus two. Right, yeah. I think it was... <laughs> Her trying to have whatever device you use to remember the coordinates. Okay. Yeah, I can possibly. Yeah, that that makes sense. Hmm. Or it makes more sense than yeah, entering the word coordinates plus two. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can try that. I don't think you'll end up at Twin Peaks, but no. you can try. But uh, what's cool is that you're you know that scene shows us that there's a convergence happening. You know, everybody's you know everybody's going to be converging onto yeah. onto Twin Peaks again for the grand finale. It's all of, happening. Yes. As, it's, as, Penny Lane would say in Almost Famous. Yes. <laughs> or as the giant would say, it is happening again. It is happening again. <laughs> All right. No. no. <laughs> Next scene, we cut to the Bang Bang, Bang Bar. Bang. And guess what? The Chromatics are performing again. They were an instrumental yep. called Saturday. Oh, okay, I'm glad you wrote that down because I did not write yep. that down. I forgot. But uh, again, we see a a couple of characters that we have not seen before on the show sitting in a booth talking, kind of similar to previous episodes where it's two people we've never seen before talking. So two brunettes, Abby and Natalie, sit in a booth together discussing their friend Angela. She was to put, she was supposed to show last night. She might be with Clark. Clark was with Mary the other night, practically making out. I don't know. They're yeah, they're just talking about their friend Angela and Clark, and it doesn't mean anything I if to Angela us. Angela and Clark know <laughs> Tina and Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because there's a lot of people in Twin Peaks that I just don't give a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. And then finally, something interesting happens because another character named. Trick, played by Scott Coffey, uh, shows up saying he almost got killed in a head-on collision. So, Scott Coffey, we, we, we know of Scott Coffey, don't we, Lodger? We do, yeah. yeah we d- showed his short film with David Lynch starring in it, and I can't remember what that short film is called now. Do you remember? Yes, Gray Matter. Gray Matter. Yep. We showed that on Loop TV several years ago. I wish you would locate that episode. Yeah. Because we have completely lost the... However, I think I had gray matter on a VHS tape that I had right. uh, I had stolen it, uh-huh. dubbed a copy of it when I was screening films for one of the film festivals here in town. Yeah, so so that yeah, that VHS copy just mysteriously disappeared one day. Yes. So, yeah. And I have looked for gray matter online and it does not appear to be online. 
Okay, well, maybe I'll just have to post the that particular episode of Lube TV onto YouTube. Yeah. So that uh, see how long it takes us to get it to get a cease and desist on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we make it to where it's private to only people who go through our webpage can view it, it's okay. Right. Yeah, but, that's true. It's just if it's publicly available, then yeah, they they. They bring the hammer down on your ass. So if you go to ltvpod.com, you can mm-hmm. see some links to see some old episodes of Blue TV, I believe is how you get there. That is correct. Yeah, there's a link on there that says archive of uh, Loop TV video episodes. Mm-hmm. LTVpod.com. Hey, I should mention too, we're on Facebook at A Slippery Slope, mm-hmm. and we're at uh, we're on uh, Twitter a slope uh, at Slope Podcast. Yep. So please say howdy sometime. Right. And uh, if you want to email us, which very few people email nowadays, apparently, it's uh, slope at ltvpod.com is our email address. Cool. Uh, yeah. So we got all that covered. So, so anyway. Yeah, anyway. So Scott Coffey uh, says he wants to go get some beer. And he asks. Playing if, a character called Trick. Yes. You know, <laughs> I've I've known a lot of tricks in my life and they all look better than Scott Coffey looks now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had you had trick number 1, trick number 2, and maybe trick number 3. But uh I think yeah. we ended up having somewhere near like 6 tricks on Loop TV as time went on. I I believe you're right. Although trick <laughs> 1 and 2 I think were your favorite the main <laughs> yeah the best tricks we ever had right so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway the girls at in the booth after uh, trick goes to get some beers they're talking about him and one of the girls asks wasn't he under house arrest and the other girl says well he's a free man now and the other girl says free man and then the other girl says whoopee Whoopee! And then the, and the cr- band plays on. Yes, the chromatics play through the credits. Yes, and that's the episode. So yeah, another another discussion that doesn't seem to mean anything that we should care about. Episode uh, part twelve of uh, Twin Peaks: The Return just seemed to be about five minutes worth of relevant information and a lot of frustrating filler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, yeah the scene at the uh, Mayfair Hotel with uh, Gordon and Albert and uh, Tammy was good, and Diane. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was terrific. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, Sarah Horn at the grocery store was a great scene. That uh, was, too. I, yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah I, it's really more than five minutes. The first 20 right. minutes or so was really great. Yeah. But then it just... It just got it just got sillier and sillier and and yeah, it more <laughs> more uh, frustrating as it went. Mm-hmm. Um, Indeed, uh, but, yeah. Um, hey, like- you remember? And then it, this episode was called "Let's Rock," right? And you remember where that is from? Well, the uh, the man from another place said it in the Black Lodge. You know, well the, that's true. Mm-hmm. And then it was written on the windshield of Agent Desmond's car at the fat trout trailer park after he went missing well see that's interesting is that supposed to be his car yes his car ah, yeah. i don't know if i snapped to that i thought it was just a random car sitting there nope maybe i maybe i knew that at one time that it was was his and just forgot yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of damn details in that movie and so <laughs> remembering everyone pretty damn hard to do right so. i do remember a car with and i'd forgotten that the man from another place said it that's right 
Mm-hmm. I, it's it's. I mean, I do love little things like that that Lynch does. That there's Let's Rock again. Mm-hmm. Not it doesn't necessarily mean anything except there is a connecting thread of what's been going on that continues to go on. Right. Um, you know, which is kind of cool. I, I like that where you see something random mm-hmm. like Let's Rock written on the windshield of a car, which it looks like it's in lipstick. Yeah. Um, and and then. You know, 25 years later, it's at that moment that Diane says that she's going to help them with the Blue Rose case. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of a beautiful foreshadowing that who knows if if Lynch just came up with that now or if it was something he had you know, planned ahead. Who knows? Um, all I Little. know is, is it almost sent chills down my spine when she said that. Yeah. Just because yeah. of the significance of it in, yeah, the original series and in the movie. Right. Uh, Fire Walk With Me. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. And I knew I had looked, of course, when I, wa- I watched, are you watching this on Showtime as it happens? Uh, no, I'm watching it on, um, what is it called? The, the, the Showtime app called uh, Showtime Now, I think. Okay. See, I watch it through Amazon.com. Okay. Uh, f- because I've subscribed to Showtime through Amazon.com. Right. So I'm watching it on my PC. Um, oh, okay, cool. So when the new episode gets posted, and boy, it gets posted, well, it's been at 8 o'clock Central Time. I guess this coming Sunday, it's going to start being at 7 o'clock Central Time. Oh, really? Um, okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, they've changed the time on it, at least when it airs mm. on Showtime. Yeah. So it's 8, 7 Central now. Right. Um, and I'm assuming they're going to post it on online. And boy, it, right at eight o'clock, it's been there like eight o'clock and zero seconds. You wow! Click refresh That's, and it's there. Yeah. So it's like right, right when the show is airing, it's available online. Yeah. Oh, actually, Correct. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm watching it on the the online service of Showtime is called Showtime Anytime. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's HBO Now is is it was what i kind of mixed showtime and hbo showtime anytime and hbo now together gotcha and okay. hbo now i'm watching game of thrones on there ah okay uh, yeah i don't watch game of thrones no i know i mean game of thrones is finally you can see that things are finally converging kind of like the way things are converging on twin peaks now it's like it's about goddamn time um, <laughs> so yeah <laughs> have you seen this the south park uh thing about um uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, no, I haven't. I can't. You know, it's. I think it's a three-part thing. I think it's. There was. They did a thing that was a three-part episode about Black Friday uh-huh. and shopping at the mall, and it was a whole elongated three-part episode. Three episodes as part of kind of this storyline. Yeah. And and uh, and the, I think the boys are playing Game of Thrones or something, and they keep t- and they go to meet George R. R. Martin and. There's oh. a lot of talk about uh, uh, wieners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it's really—you really, should watch it sometimes. It's really funny. They like, keep talking about winter, uh, you know, and it, it, they'll be getting into like George R. R. Martin is telling them uh, an upcoming plot or something. Blah 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 blah, and uh-huh. then he takes out his wiener, something like that. <laughs> it's really amusing. Well, um, there's yeah, there's yeah, there's one of the characters in Game of Thrones that uh, yeah. Has his except, dick and balls cut wiener. off. Dick and balls oh, cut off. Yes. Dang. Now, see how does that work? Like, if in the old, like back in that time, of course, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a it's a magical mystery, not real time. Right. Uh, it, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's a um, 
it's you know it's not Earth. It's a fictitious land. Well, maybe it's Earth, but it's a fictitious country or series of countries at war with each other. Yeah, it's like sort what of. happens when they cut yeah. off your dick and balls. If you don't die, do you just piss out of a gaping hole? I guess so. That would be like having a vagina. Yeah, if you, you yeah if you survive, <laughs> if you don't die from infection, then yeah, I guess that's what you that's what you do. It just kind of drizzles out the gaping wound, huh? You just got a pee hole. <laughs> And on that note, we should probably call it a night. <laughs> yes. To which I will say, poor Theon Greyjoy. That poor bastard. That's a, that's a great name for a band, though. Gaping <laughs> pee hole. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you're going to say Theon Greyjoy is a great name for a band. Well, it is. <laughs> well, it is. But that's a character, right? In the in yes. the series. Yes, he's the I one. Know. He's the one with the pee hole. Yeah, with the gaping pee hole. Yes. <laughs> What's his name again? I'm sorry. Uh, Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy. Greyjoy. Yes. Mm, interesting. That, that poor bastard. Poor motherfucker. Yep. Well, we started with me talking about cutting off my dick, and we're going to end with cut off dicks. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> yes, we have. Circle of cut off dicks. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So it's amazing. Yeah. Well, but Theon didn't. <laughs> Theon didn't kill himself. So there you go. Yeah, you can live without a dick. You so, just don't. I mean, there's, you know. Just take heart. <laughs> yeah, maybe someone will fuck you in your gaping pee hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, oh, the- we've denigrated <laughs> so far. <laughs> At the end of this episode, right. it's all my fault, and I apologize. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of people with their with their junk missing on Game of Thrones. There's a whole army of men. Called the unsullied, who have you know lost their uh, sex organs as well, and they're like an elite group of of fighting men. And uh, there's a love scene between this one woman and uh, the leader of the unsullied. Of course, you know he has no junk to use, so he uses what he has at his disposal. He's very good with his mouth, apparently, hmm. and he goes down on her. So anyway, we're we're going way off topic with this. I thought maybe he was going to use his sword or something. I was no, like, what? it was well, a, not the not the a, sword end of it, the hilt uh, end oh, of it. Oh, sure, that's that'll work. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he just <laughs> he just immediately <laughs> goes down the goody trail. Um, so is that what it's called? I is know. that what you heterosexual guys call it? No, that's that's what somebody's uh that's that's what somebody's hair that goes from their belly button down to their their uh, uh pubic hair. That's called the goody trail. You call that the goody trail? That's a treasure trail. No, that's what uh actually that's what um straight chicks call guys belly hair, the goody trail. Okay, I've never heard that. I've always heard treasure trail. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> you say tomato, a- I say tomato. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the same. It all it, is. it all leads to happiness. <laughs> as far as I'm well, all right. not all of it. Some of it. Well, Sometimes all right. it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least that's the anticipated um uh, conclusion. Um so <laughs> All right, maybe we should just end this <laughs> Yeah, do you want to entreat our listeners because God knows I, I can't imagine why they would ever come back after this episode. Uh, probably not. So um let let I'm me en- sorry, let, I apologize. Let, let me entreat we our have better episodes. Yeah, we do. We do. 
And uh, so I, I will entreat our listeners to go down my goodie trail. No, that's not it. <laughs> I will say, I will entreat our listeners to tune in next week for another mediocre, I mean, fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Hey, Mark, next week? Yeah. Let's rock. <laughs> yes. I love it. 